hey, I've got a couple rooms, a couple areas in my life that I need you to clean up and, and give a fresh coat of paint to. And we come back and our house is totally, walls are being blown out, totally gutted because God desires to do something a, a little different than a lot of times we normally think of. And so here's what I want to ask. Just I'll just give you guys a, a chance to respond and you don't have to go into a lot of detail. Um, but I wonder if there's, I, I, I wonder if there's us, us being a, a family, sanctuary youth family, I wonder if there's anybody that would be willing to share, hey, Troy, um, this was the area of my life that I realized there was some conformity. And I really believe that God desires to totally change that uh, and, and mess that area or that room up. So is there anybody that would, that would be willing to just share uh, this morning with us as a group? Um, here is the area of my life that God desires to transform. Somebody want to? What you got, Genesis? God wants to transform the way I view womanhood. Cool. Wow. Genesis said, God wants to transform the way that I view womanhood. I'm guessing you went to Christina's breakout yesterday. Christina, come on. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, what you got? Cool. God wants to transform how I look at myself. What you got, Nate? Yeah. God wants to transform the way that you do things. That's awesome. Scott. You good? So, like, I had a lot of bad memories coming into fuel that I kind of associated with just because of timing of stuff plus fuel. And I got here and God showed me that how much bigger he is. And you know the song where it's like, he's bigger than all our problems and fears and doubts and all that stuff? Yeah. Like, that... It's kind of, I think, what he showed me this weekend. That's cool. Bigger than those things. What you got, Janelle? I think God showed me that I was conforming to a lot of lies um, and that I was believing them. So I think this weekend just showed me truth and how to combat lies and to replace them with truth. That's good. That's a big work. A big work. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, Caitlin. Um, transforming relationships and friendships, and that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, thank you all for sharing. We're, we'll hear a little bit more on on Wednesday night. We'll have um, a couple people share Wednesday night uh, when we kind of just celebrate everything that God did. And for for some people who didn't get the opportunity to come on, come to Fuel this year, uh, we'll get the opportunity to share with them what all God did. Well, um, I want to just, I want to close um, briefly this morning. And as we look at this passage, let me read it for us again. It's Romans 12, 1 through 2. We've just studied two verses. How amazing that we can, can, we can wrap a whole weekend around two verses. That there's so much truth in these two verses that we can uh, speak of transformation and the things that God wants to do in a matter of two verses. This is, the power of, this is the power of God's word. So let's read it one more time. If you want to close your eyes and just try and hear it fresh, I invite you to do that. 
says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. And this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing, changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I, um, I think what I want you guys to know this morning um, is that I know the struggle you're facing in this battle of conformity. We talked about it in the leaders meeting. We, Caleb talked about it a little bit. This, is a, this, is, this weekend, um, I truly believe that this passage and what we're talking about is something that not only you, but also your leaders can really receive from and be challenged with this passage and the idea of conformity. So I want you to know that the battle that you face uh, with conformity to the patterns of this world, I understand that. And I understand that it is very difficult. I understand that when you leave here uh, this morning and when you step back into whatever you're going to step back into, maybe this afternoon, you are headed back into the conformity of this world. You may have felt conformity to this world at different points this weekend. It, it doesn't mean that we're free from conformity to the patterns of this world because we're way up in the mountains at a special little camp. That doesn't mean that we are free from that. You may have felt some of that this weekend, but you're really going to feel it when you go back. Um, and I, I recognize that. Man, Janice and I have been, um, we have had a, um, quite, a quite a month um, with Taylor having gone to, to kindergarten. It's kind of been a doozy for, for us. Um, and this passage speaks into a lot of um, what we have, a lot of the battle that we feel like we are already facing, and our girl is in kindergarten. Like, I am terrified of when she goes to middle school, high school, because of what I'm seeing in kindergarten. And so Janice and I, of course, um, as parents, as godly Christian parents, have said, we want to raise our girls. We want to teach them scripture. We want to teach them what's right and wrong. We want to teach them the truth of God, God's word. And for the past five and a half years, um, Janice has stayed at home with the girls, has done a beautiful job of just shepherding their hearts, um, forming their hearts, teaching them what's right and wrong. Um, and she's done, a, she's done an absolute beautiful job of that with our girls. And we see that in our girls. We see fruit. We see transformation uh, in, in their hearts. And then we send Taylor off to kindergarten. And y'all, in a month of kindergarten, Janice and I at nights are having conversations like, like Taylor's coming home, Mom, this kid said this. What does that mean? Mom, this kid's older sister told her this. What does that mean? And we're like, oh my gosh. Like, we're just hit with the reality of all this work that we have, we feel like we have done and the ways that we have tried to shepherd her heart are now just going, I mean, she's just, she's just getting bombarded in kindergarten with some of the craziest stuff that she's asking us. And we've realized, we've realized 
that our role as a parent, and I want you to think about this for you as a follower of Christ, our role as a parent didn't just, it wasn't just those five and a half years leading up to this moment where we send her to kindergarten, where we send her deep into the world. Those five and a half years were very helpful um, to get to shepherd her and teach her. But that's not it. Like, it's, it's not over, right? There's still work to be done. There's more work to be done now because she's in the middle of it. And so, um, and so I, I think the main thing that I want you to, that I want you to, the one thing I want you to know this morning is that, is that you, we, your leaders, um, we understand your struggle and we're in the middle of it as well in our own lives, but we understand um, we understand everything about it. And so with that, I would encourage you, please keep us in the loop of some of the things that you are in the middle of and some of the things you're going through. But I would also say all the work, think about it, all the work that has been done this weekend, the beginning of removing conformity and being transformed, there's a lot of work that's happened this weekend. This is not it. This is not it. That's why it is work because, because it doesn't just happen one time. He may have opened your eyes one time. He may be leading you in the process or starting you down the road, but it is a road. And when you get back, there's, there's more to be done. And, and when you turn 45, there's more to be done. <laughs> um, and so that may not be very encouraging, um, but it's the truth. And, and I, I want to make sure that as we look at this passage um, the very last part says this, after he says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It then says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I think we always want to know the will of God. Like, God, what, what is your will? What is your will? What do you want me to do in this situation? What do you want me to do? He says, you won't know the will of God, but you will, once you are transformed, you will, you will learn to know the will of God, which is big for us. It forces us to trust God to do the work and use us um, when at all possible. So our, I think our temptation, and you know this, so many of you know this coming back from retreats, the temptation is to head back and slowly step into the redefined world um, that has brought you to a place of conformity in those areas in your life. So the temptation is to head back and slowly start right back into conformity. And so I want to just challenge you with your, with your group and with your leaders. Um, they are going to be the people that you will go to. Um, so I want to move this morning into just talking about this, this other passage. We want, to, we want to seal things that he's done. We want to seal those and protect those. Um, and we want to celebrate who he is. And we do that in a lot of different ways. And Caleb talked about some of those last night. I think another, one, another way that we do that is communion. Um, celebrating his sacrifice for us. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. Um, and I, it's not going to be up on the screen, so you've got to turn there. So I want to hear pages. It's a sweet sound, isn't it, Brandon? Sweet. Hey. First Corinthians eleven, twenty-three through twenty-six. I'm gonna look it up right here too, because 
I don't have the version I want to. All right. All right, y'all got it? Everybody got it? First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians what? Okay. All right. Um, well, let me read this. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this passage from, um, from the message paraphrase. So it's 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. This is where Paul is writing about some of the things of the Lord's Supper. And he's got some people in the church who are um, completely taking advantage of the Lord's Supper and what it's all about. And so Paul writes here, Paul writes here to try and redefine for them what exactly communion is and why we take communion. If you're like me, I don't know if anybody in here is, is like me, but grew up in the Baptist church and we took communion regularly and it became one of those things that I just did, that, that we did and that my parents kind of made me do. And so I love what Paul is going to say here through, and through the message paraphrase, I love what this, what this says um, about communion. And so I want you to hear this and then we'll talk about three things that I'm going to have y'all think about as we walk to our um, places to close out the weekend. Um, He says, let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper. So do you hear that? They know, like they've heard it before. (laughs) It's been defined for them in the way that they needed to to understand it or the way way that they needed to celebrate. But he says, let me go over with you again. It's like, hey, let me remind you or, hey, let me redefine for you why we do this says, let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. Did you hear that? We cannot take this for granted or think that it is something else that we do. He says, this is centrally important to our walk with Christ and to our celebration of who he is. He says, I received my instructions from the master himself and passed them on to you. The master, Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread Having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember, remember me. And then he says, What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, listen to this, you reenact your words and actions, the death of the master. Let me read that again. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. Listen, and you must never let familiarity breed contempt. And you must never let familiarity breed contempt. We don't want to do this, take communion, celebrate the sacrifice, the blood of Christ, because it's familiar, because it's something that we do. Can we not do that this year, please? Let's not do that. Let's celebrate it differently. Let's celebrate it differently, okay? Let me give you a couple things of how you can celebrate this differently and, and, and really what Jesus meant by this is my body. There's some things that we can take from this. The first thing is this, is that 
um, communion and the Lord's Supper is a proclamation. And in verse 26, um, he says, what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, listen, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master, or you proclaim in your own words, uh, in, in your own partaking, the death of the master. So his sacrifice, we proclaim that. By this representation of his broken body, you proclaim his death for sinners until he comes. You proclaim the gospel. Think about that. You proclaim the gospel. Um, Kyler and Natalie shared yesterday, how do you proclaim the gospel? This is one of those ways by taking communion, entering into the Lord's Supper. Second thing is this, is it's remembrance. What does Jesus mean by this is my body? It's remembrance. In verse 24, he says, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. There's a huge piece of remembrance here. Let this representation of my body and blood remind you of me. And then the third thing is this. What does Jesus mean by this is my body? There's satisfaction. John 6.35, which we studied John for a long time at at Sanctuary. John 6.35 says, let me get to it. Um, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There's satisfaction in this. When we think about the Lord's Supper, you can think about how he is all satisfying in your life. Sit with me at, table, at the table and trust me to be your life-sustaining food and drink. I'm going to read this quote by Piper. He says, I'm not saying that what happens in the Lord's Supper is mere intellectual recall of facts. He says, the supper proclaims and faith comes by hearing and seeing and tasting that proclamation. And faith is a spiritual feasting on the risen living Christ so that all that God is for us in him satisfies our soul and sweetens our love for him and breaks the power of sin in our own lives. So so let's not be so familiar with communion that it's just something that we do, okay? We think about that for a little bit. Let's not be so familiar. Let's not let communion be so familiar to us that it's just something that we do again and again and again. We are proclaiming who He is. We are remembering what He's done, and we are understanding the satisfaction that comes from Him. Okay. If you've got your journals, I want you to write those three words in there. Okay. I want you to write proclaim. I want you to write remember. And I want you to write satisfaction. Three things that we do in communion. Proclaim or proclamation, remember, and satisfaction. Proclaim, remember, satisfaction. All right, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to break up um, middle school, high school groups and kind of have just a little separate time as we finish up. Um, and we're going to have a time of communion so normally we kind of end the weekend and we have the bands um, come up here with us. I'm actually going to send the band in pieces with you guys to different parts. So the high school, you're headed to the Overlook. The middle school, you're headed to the pavilion right here by the football field. I'm going to send the high school first in just a minute. Hang on. Um, here's how I want to go. So the last two years we've had the opportunity on Saturday morning which I think we may have found something really cool this year with the breakouts. Um, sounds like that was really good for a lot of people, but um, we've, we've kind of entered into a silent time of prayer, 
okay, the last two years. And so I want to just close out like this because I, I, I believe in silence. I believe in what silence can do if we can just quiet ourselves for just a little bit. And so what I want to ask you to do is silently um, pick up your Bible. You can take your journal and look at it while you're walking. But I want you to silently, as you head to the different places, think about what am I proclaiming? Hang on, y'all listen real quick. What am I proclaiming? What am I remembering right now? And what is the satisfaction? Proclaim, remember, satisfaction. And so I want you to take some quiet time just to think about those. I want you to think about um, your heart as you enter into a time of, I think a lot of times we just go real quick and we eat and we drink and it's done. I think Jesus wants differently in this for us. I think he desires to just sit in it. Like when you share a meal with a friend, you don't like scarf down one bite and then see ya. No, you sit down and you, you sit down and you talk. You sit down and you interact. You sit down and you share things. And so let's make sure that we don't just rush through this um, and that we have some time to think about this. So I want you to think about those on the way up there. Um, and this will kind of be our final thing. Um, the guys will lead us in worship at both different places. And when we're done, we'll jump into small groups for just a little bit so y'all can pray with each other and encourage each other one last time. Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to send high school quietly um, to, the over, to walk to the overlook. So if you need to, like, separate yourself from people in your group or people that you know, great. It's great, okay? You're about to go home to, to chaos, so um, a little quiet in our lives is good. Father, thanks for, thanks for who you are, the, the opportunity to proclaim your... Uh, your name in a different way through communion. Thanks for that. Um, thanks for the opportunity to just remember the sacrifice that you've done. It is the peace uh, that redefines our, our life. It is um, the peace that uh, when, when Paul started this, in view of all the mercies, the mercy is your sacrifice. And so thanks for that. Um, and so Father, I pray right now we would remember Thanks for this weekend, everything that you've done, the things you've taught us, the ways that you're transforming us into the image of your son Jesus. And I pray that that would continue. Don't let that stop. Um, help us to continue to think about what that looks like in our own lives. Father, I pray that you would be glorified right now, that we would um, take this time with you and just enjoy, and just enjoy. It's in your name we pray.